Marty did it. Well, I didn't even have to tell you guys this morning. You're getting so good at this. <laughs> I know I'm a minute behind. I'm sorry. I blame Jeff because he's standing in front of me. So if y'all would, we'll uh, stand and praise the Lord. It's a new song that we're doing, and uh, just listen to the words. Been walking through a city I cannot see. Through the depths of the valley where the sun can't reach. I've been high, I've been low, I've been looking for a river that can fill my soul. Been walking through a city I cannot see. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill my cup. Fill my cup. Fill my cup. 
today there's this extra wide aisle here today because we have a wedding so that's what's going on today so if you're smashed against the wall we have a busy day today we have a wedding here tonight Trey and Savannah I don't know where Trey and Savannah are they're in Springfield Springfield all right well they're getting married tonight so uh, we got a busy day today. We'll, we're at, today's Family Sunday. What that means is all the kids stay in uh, services with us, and we have communion at the end of service today. Uh, and we got the wedding tonight. So I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad you guys are here. It's a beautiful day. Uh, fall's here. And so let's go, Lord, in prayer. We got a lot to be thankful for, and then we'll do our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, this morning that we're here, Lord, to worship you. Uh, Lord, I, I pray for the wedding tonight, this young couple, uh, that, that that goes well, uh, Lord, the service uh, tonight and, and their marriage. I pray for them. And Lord, I'm just excited to be here today, uh, Lord, to worship you with my brothers and sisters, uh, God. As we lift our voices in song, we praise you. Uh, and Lord, we remember your death, burial, and resurrection. And we look forward uh, to your coming back as we take communion uh, with one another today. In all things, Lord, we love you and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
morning. Can I get all of the kiddos this morning up for children's church? All the little kiddos. When I say little kiddos, that's like sixth grade and below. Sorry. Leslie, you cannot identify as a child. I'm sorry. All right, I was, I was going to bring like some illustrations this morning, and then I'm always getting in trouble. I was going to bring like a Nerf gun, and then I thought, well, if I bring a Nerf gun, we better turn into a total Nerf war here, right? So I didn't want to do that, because what I was going to think about doing is bringing a shield. What is a shield? I need a mic. Hold on, let me get a mic. What's a shield? Anybody know what a shield is? Jameson? What's a shield? It's to pet. It's to protect you from the flaming darts of the evil one. <laughs> this concludes our children's sermon today. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. A shield is something that you use to protect yourself from people throwing stuff at you, or as Jameson said, Satan shooting flaming darts of the evil one. Of Jameson said that Satan will shoot evil darts at us, and that's what I'm going to talk uh, about this morning. But here's what it says. It says in, in the passage in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, take up the shield of faith. Now here's the, here's the harder question. What is faith? Jackson, you sure you want to tackle this? Smile at everybody, Jackson. You know, I've been telling him he needs to be practicing. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth, right? <laughs> Selena pulled his tooth last Sunday morning, if you guys don't know that, right? Was it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday, yeah. You don't want to tackle this one, Jackson. Anybody know what faith is? Faith is putting, you knew? What's faith? It's like where you believe in something. Good, all right? It's believing in something. It's putting your trust in something, right? Uh, it's something that you can't see, that you can't touch, right? And so what is, what is, when we talk about the shield of faith, what faith are we talking about? Putting our faith and trust in who? Now here's, here's what the Bible says who we're, we have to put our faith and trust in, and that's Christ. Many people put their faith and trust in a lot of different things, but you can put the object, your faith in the object of something wrong. And that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. Here's the example, one of the best examples I see in Scripture, where somebody put their faith and trust in God, and he worked it all out. He, he, they, were, they were trusting in God, and God uh, took it out. How many of you know the story of David and Goliath, found in the uh, book of 1 Samuel? Yeah? Okay. How tall was Goliath? Anybody know who tall, how tall Goliath was? Really tall. Really tall. He was really... Let's be specific. All right, you need to go up there and sit down if you're going to answer. How tall? Taller than you. <laughs> Taller than me, that's correct. Six feet tall. Six feet tall? Uh, I'm about six feet tall. Anybody? Goliath was nine feet tall. He was nine feet tall. And David was a young, young man. He was a youth. We don't know his age approximately. We think maybe 12, 13 years old. But Goliath was basically cursing God's army. And David had faith in God, and he said, you know what? I'm going to take care of Goliath because God's with me. And does anybody know what David did? He went down to a, a, a stream, a brook, and he chose how many stones? Anybody know? Nope, you're close. Just shout it out. Seven. 
Five. Good job. He chose five stones from a brook. Anybody have a slingshot at home? Okay. Good. I'm, that's awesome. Buy these boys slingshots, okay? Just don't bring them to church, but that's good. So David took a, he had a slingshot, and in fact, he was so good with his slingshot, it said that he had killed lions and bears that would come and try to take uh, the sheep from his flock. And Goliath, David walks out to fight Goliath. Imagine, who's the shortest one here, littlest one here? Come here. Imagine this little guy coming up and picking a fight with me. Right? But with God, thank you. With God, what would ha- what happened? David took one of those stones and Goliath was cursing him and saying, I'm going to kill you today. And, Gl- and David took a stone and he swung it and he flung it and it hit Goliath right in the forehead. And he prevailed over Goliath because what? He knew, he had faith in God that God was on his side. Okay? So the object of our faith is very, very, very important. And as you guys start getting older, there's going to be a lot of things that this world says that you should put your faith and trust in. And we, as your parents and the church, love you. And we say, don't put your faith and trust in any person, not the preacher, not anybody, but the Lord Jesus Christ. So the object of our faith is very, very, very important. That's what we're going to talk about today, okay? Taking up the shield of faith. We're going to talk about what that faith is and who, it, who it's in. All right, let me pray for you guys, then you can go back and sit down. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for these kids uh, this morning. What a blessing they are. Uh, a, a full church of kids is an important thing. They are the future, uh, Lord, of your church. And so I pray for them, God. I pray, Lord, that every one of them puts their faith and trust in you. And not anything else, not anything of this world, not in any person, but in just you. Putting their faith and trust in what you did for them on the cross. Uh, God, we love you today, and I'm thankful to be here. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, kiddos. All right, so just a few announcements this morning. I love having children's time. It's a blessing having so many kids and youth in this church. What a blessing they are. So here's a couple of announcements. So no men's Bible study tonight because we have the wedding here at 5 o'clock. There will not be any men's Bible study uh, this evening. Wednesday night, we are continuing our uh, series on marriage and love, and it has been so good. It's going through the uh, book of Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. If you haven't been on Wednesday night, please come, adults. We're meeting up here on Wednesday nights. Um, It's just been really good. We have children's classes on Wednesday nights. We have youth classes on Wednesday nights. We have dinner with one another at 6 o'clock. We have cooking teams that cook big meals, and so come and eat dinner with us at 6 o'clock. And then we have all the classes that start at 6.45. That's uh, every Wednesday. Next Sunday after the morning service, we're going to have a very short business meeting. We like to hand out the church financial reports. Got a couple of other things uh, to announce. So uh, if you can, please stay for that business meeting uh, next Sunday, October 9th. We have baptism. This is going to be the last baptism that we do at the river. Okay? Unless I put on my duck hunting waders, I guess, maybe. Uh, But... Sunday, October 16th, we're going to go to the river and do baptism. So we have some baptisms to do. That's right after the morning service. Got a couple of uh, good events coming up in fall uh, activities. Fall Fest is going to happen Sunday, October 23rd at Stephen and Dana's. Uh, It's at 2401 Turnbow Road. I got it right this time, didn't I? 2401 Turnbow Road. We're going to have a hayride, a bonfire. There'll be food. 
Um, it is going to be a really good time. So please mark that on your calendars that night. If you've never been, it's a great night of fellowship, getting to know each other better. Um, I know we have a lot, of, a lot of new folks, so even if you're not a member, you can come. You don't need to bring anything. Uh, is that correct? Well, they don't have to bring anything. The cooking teams and the activity teams, they're, they'll have all the food. Like, I think last year we didn't do s'mores, did we? And I was a little bit upset. We got that down, don't we? Okay, good. All right. Good. So we got s'mores this year. I mean, you can't have a bonfire without s'mores. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, right? Amen, right? That's the only amen I'm going to get today over the s'mores. Uh, and then, all right, so here at the end of the month, we have a Wednesday night where the kids, where we like to pass out candy. Sierra's going to be doing it a little bit different this year. Uh, it's going to be on Wednesday, October 26th. She'll have more details to follow. She's in nursery this morning, but we're going to be getting more details out about that. Church softball game. You guys won like 33 to 1 or something. Is that right? They won 30, and I didn't go, and they won 33 to 1. The one time that I go, Tommy, you guys lose. But when do they play this week? Tomorrow night at 9.30 at the park on A Highway for the church softball team. We also have the Operation Christmas Child list. This is going to be here before we know it. So we, there are items that we can collect for those shoe boxes. It's through Franklin Graham's Samaritan's Purse. So please do that. A couple of things that I, uh, people had asked me to read this morning. One is from uh, Darlena Morris. She said, thank you for lifting me uh, to the feet of Jesus through your prayers. The kindness from God's people of this church is so precious. Your sister in Christ, Darlena, she had surgery. She's doing good. Uh, I've talked to you several times. I know a lot of you ladies have been keeping up with her. And then Brenda sent me a message this morning. I'll read this. It says, continue to pray. Uh, keep praying for Brenda Moore. She has made it through the first uh, round of chemo. And she is uh, sharing the gospel with people like we know that Brenda does uh, and uh, doing really, really good. Her spirits are high. Uh, she said her words were she's thankful that God has put her through this in her life because she's growing closer to him. So please continue to pray for Brenda uh, as she's uh, ongoing through the chemo. So anything else that I forgot this morning? Okay, we're going we're gonna to take up our morning offering. So if you would stand and we'll have a worship song before we jump into God's word together uh, this morning. So let's bless the morning offering and our time uh, to give back to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, Lord, for the opportunity again to come today and worship you. Lord, as we give back to you, God, we want to give you our best. Take it and use it to further your kingdom, to share the gospel in our community and around the world, Lord. Let us be good stewards as a church over uh, what is all yours anyway and none is ours. So God, we love you and I thank you. In your name I pray, amen.
I love that song. Several times you guys have played it. I love that song. Um, if you would, turn in your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 6. Still in Ephesians chapter 6. So I forgot to announce this, but I, I want to get this out there. Uh, if you, deer season's here. I mean, bow season's here, and we're about to get into rifle season, right? If you, if you want some venison, we have a lot of people who hunt. Maybe you don't hunt, or maybe you're just not very good at it and don't get a deer. We can get you. Uh, I'm just teasing. Everyone gets a deer that wants one, right? If you, if you want some venison, let us know. Please let me know. So we, well, I know we'll have a lot of people hunting that uh, maybe you want to fill your freezer with, with some good venison. Let us know so uh, people that we, can, we can get that taken care of for you. Uh, Shield of Faith today, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Where's my football team at this morning? Where's Ben? Ben Gentry, where's Ben, ben at? Ben, go down and get me a water, would you? You forgot today, didn't you, Ben? He's an offensive lineman. He pancaked some people yesterday. I'm proud of Ben. All right. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And that's exactly what that song just said, that the battle belongs to God. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that he may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances... Take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Thanks, man. All right. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Let's pray together again. Lord Jesus, I thank you again. God, just for the opportunity to be here today, uh, Lord, to share your word and to talk about the shield of faith that we have in you, uh, Lord, and how it, how it stops those 
uh, flaming darts of Satan. And so, Lord, I thank you that the battle is yours and all of this armor is yours. And, Lord, you give it to us as followers of yours to use, to glorify you, to stand firm for you in an evil society, in an evil world. And, Lord, I pray that we put you on every morning, every day, that we're a church that puts you on in how we treat others and how we love people in what we do. And so, God, we love you. I thank you this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so we've been going through uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and the whole armor of God. And, and, and our sermons are online, so maybe you're here and you're like, man, I wish I could listen to some of the other ones and kind of get caught up. I always try to do a little bit of catching up, but you can l- listen to them online or at our church website. Uh, but last week we talked about the shoes of the gospel of peace. The gospel absolutely is our foundation. It is how we stand firm. Satan, what is his goal? Is to pollute the gospel, to change the gospel, to make the gospel accommodating to sin. And let me say, mamas, I don't care if babies scream the whole service, okay? I love babies, so let them yell as far as I'm concerned. But all right, so, so Satan wants to pollute the gospel. He wants to change the gospel. He wants to water it down. He, that is his goal. The shoes of the gospel of peace, they provide us stability. They provide us mobility. And it provides us an opportunity to take the gospel to all over. Not only our community, but to, to, to the uh, far corners of the world. I met with one of our missionaries. I had breakfast uh, Friday morning with one of our missionaries. And um, he, he works for the organization called School to the Nations. It's Austin Baker. And they make the videos. And what they do is they make videos of uh, the Jesus film. And, the, and what they do right now, they're in... Uganda and Ecuador is where they're making the films and they hire local people to be the actors and to narrate the films and they put them on those little SD cards I think they're called or whatever they put in their cell phones a lot of other countries you slide them in and out of cell phones and that's how they get the gospel out to people and so the gospel is he is literally being the shoes of the gospel and taking the gospel to all over the world. You guys are a part of that because we help fund that organization. So it's a, it's a, it's a great ministry. In our text this morning today, it says, in all circumstances. The King James Version says, above all, take up the shield of faith. Well, why would it open like that about the shield of faith? Without faith in Christ, here's why it would. It opens like that. Because without our faith in Christ, we're lost. Hebrew gives us a little bit of an idea in Scripture. Hebrews 11.6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. What is Hebrews chapter 11? That is known as what? The faith chapter, that's right. It's the faith chapter. And it talks about many of the saints of God and how they put their faith and trust in him. When we put on the breastplate of righteousness, what are we doing? We're putting our faith in Jesus' perfect righteousness, not our own righteousness. Shoes of the gospel. Faith in that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. Jesus is either the God of the universe who created everything, who went to the cross and died for our sins, or he's the craziest lunatic that ever lived and so are his followers. There's only one of two choices there, right? We have faith and we believe in who Jesus is. That's why we're here. The belt of truth. We put our faith in the truth of who God is, that God is truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So all the different pieces of armor, what are they protected by? They're protected by the shield 
of faith. The shield of faith that we have. Out front is the shield. So when properly placed, the shield does what? It quenches all those fiery darts of Satan. So Satan has no strategy. He has no device. He has no tactic that the shield of faith that God has given us cannot stop or defeat. Now that's saying a lot. Because Satan has a lot of, a, a big arsenal, a huge arsenal. And when they hit their mark, what happens to us as believers? We become a casualty. And casualties are, they're, they're difficult, they're hard. A wounded soldier in combat, in fact, that's why they, uh, the Geneva Convention lays out certain guidelines of weapons that countries can use in war. They, they, there are certain guidelines. They have to use full metal jacket rounds because they want them to pass through. They, they literally to wound people and not kill them is why they pass the law. A wounded soldier is not the same as a dead soldier. Now, you, you may know we're called to be soldiers of Christ. You may know a brother or sister who was wounded right now. They're down. They're wounded. They're suffering. What do we do? Kick them in the side while they're down? No. Or do they've fallen away from God? We help them. We take care of them. We have compassion and understanding, forgiveness, knowing that Satan could shoot one of us and, and hit the mark. What, what's the number one thing? I, I remember even back when I was in the Marines, the number one thing they'd say is nobody gets left behind. You never leave somebody behind. That's why, personally, it's disgusting when we leave people in foreign countries and we leave them behind. Because we don't do that. We take And Christian brothers and sisters... You don't leave people behind. You help them. Wounded also, if you've been wounded by Satan and you have a scar, it doesn't mean that you can't be used. We are a, the church is called to be a hospital for wounded people, for sinners, not a display case for us to look at the world and say, look how good we are and look how horrible they are. This is where people are healed. This is where they're prayed for, not turned away because they aren't healthy enough. That's what the church is supposed to be. So what is the shield that Paul's looking at? The Roman shield, it's pretty big. It's about two feet by four feet. It's made of wood, and they cover it in a really tough leather. Sometimes that leather would be soaked in water before combat. So literally, if the enemy is shooting flaming fire arrows at them, they will be put out. The edges of the shield, I love this part, they're beveled together. So they can be interlocked. There's a certain bevel so you can interlock them together with other shields. So a row of soldiers could literally stand beside one another, locked in, and form a wall. Wow. Think about that in the church. If you're a part of a local body of believers, you're locking your shield in with other believers. And you're protecting. You're, you're defending one another. You're literally in a battle. Imagine if we do that. Think about if we get in the habit of doing that with one another, how we could help one another, locking shields with one another. Listen, there, we, we have to do that. The, the world is falling in all around us, all around us out, out, out there. We're in a battle. Paul says to pick up the shield of faith. Well, what kind of faith? Well, it all starts with saving faith. But Paul is talking to believers here. So he's probably referring to, he, obviously he's referring to saving faith, but there's also practical faith in our daily lives. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. 
So this is a practical faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Daily faith is for the believer the assurance that God's with you, that he's going to protect you. His word is true. You can rely on it with confidence. The basis of our faith has to be the word of God. This is the basis of our faith, of who Jesus is, what we believe him to be. And what we can't do with God's word is pick and choose parts of the Bible that we want to obey or be obedient to. It's not cafeteria style, folks. We either believe the Bible or you don't. You either hold true to the truths of this or you don't. Daily faith. So what is daily faith? What is this rooted in? Here's the first thing I want to talk about today. Daily faith is rooted, our faith is rooted in, in fact. It's not in our feelings. It's rooted in fact. It's not about emotions or my inner impressions. Well, I have faith that this is going to work. Well, sometimes it doesn't because God wasn't in it. And, and a lot of times people will say, well, I just didn't have enough faith. The problem wasn't the amount of the faith. It was in the object of their faith. We have to put our faith in the right place. If you ever heard somebody say, well, you just got to have faith. Well, we got to be specific about that. Because if a lot of people across this world have faith, a lot of people do. But they aren't putting their faith in the right object. Faith just doesn't cut it if it's not in the right thing. I, I, I think of uh, a pond in the wintertime. What happens to the ponds around here? They start to freeze over. If it gets cold enough, a lot of people like to go ice fishing. We did that when I, when I was a kid. Uh, we would go ice, especially up north, they do a lot of ice fishing. Around here, not so much because we don't get as cold. But you know what happens every wintertime? Tragedy happens. Because uh, uh, undoubtedly somebody, it's usually a small child, will walk out onto a pond that's frozen and fall through. Now, what was the problem? They put their faith in the ice, that it was strong enough to hold them. People do that all the time with stuff in the world. They put their faith in something, and then when it doesn't work out, it ends tragically. We need to place our faith in facts of what God's word says, not our feelings. Don't trust your instincts on things the Bible is specific about. Well, well God has led me to do this. God's never going to contradict his word. His word is what tr is truth. Feelings come and go. My emotions come and go. Feelings are deceiving. My trust should be in Christ and his word. Nothing else is worth believing. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Proverbs 28, 26 says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But, who, who, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Our faith can't be the basis for what makes us feel good. Our faith has to be in, the, in, in who Jesus is, in the truth of who Jesus is. Faith also has nothing absolutely to do with probability. George Mueller said this, The process of faith begins where probabilities cease. It is not probable that a little shepherd boy could kill a giant with a slingshot. It's not probable, probable but with God it is. Probability says no. Faith says Yes. All examples in Scripture, you can see this. I think of Joshua at Jericho. We talked about that a couple months ago. A bunch of untrained 
Jews walking around a wall and they see it fall by what? Faith. Joshua commands them. God says we should do this. It's a ridiculous plan, if you guys remember. Walk around it for seven days, and then on the seventh day, walk around the city seven times, and then blow all the trumpets, and the walls are going to come down. You, remember we talked about it. Imagine Joshua relaying that to his battle commanders. they got to be thinking, what did he eat this morning? This is crazy. You know what? They trusted in God. And what happened? <laughs> the walls fell, right? What about Noah? Never rained. God says, Noah, build a big ark. Have you ever went, any of you guys went to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky? I encourage you to drive up there to go. It's amazing. Take a trip just south of Cincinnati. Ken Ham put it on at the Creation Museum. He built it. It's a life-size replica of Noah's Ark. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know what? God told them to build it. They had faith. They did. I think of Daniel in the lion's den. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How they would survive a fire. Probabilities say no way. Faith says yes. Doubt sees obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars high. Faith has nothing to do with probabilities. It's all about trusting in who God is. Third thing. Faith has nothing to do with appearances. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, For we walk by faith. Not by sight. Our faith has to be that God is there. He's there. It may not appear that he's there right now. Things may be blowing up all around you. Horrible things happening in your life. God's there. He's there. That's where our faith has to, 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 to be. That It may appear that he's not, but he is. Appearances may say that God is nowhere to be found. Psalms 23, 4 says, God will never leave me or forsake me. Appearances may sometimes say that things are going haywire. It's a mess. God knows all the hairs on your head. Some of you have a lot more than some of us, right? God is in full control. He knows. He knows what's going on. Appearance told the disciples, we fished all night. There's no way that we're going to catch any fish. There's no, this is not possible. We tried all night. Jesus says, throw down your nets on the right side. And what happens? They can't bring them in because there's so many fish. That's faith. I mentioned George Mueller earlier. Many people don't know who he is. Here's who he is. He started an orphanage with 50 cents, two shillings, long time ago. He had previously made up his mind that for those in need, he would never ask a human for help. He would not ask anyone for help, but only God. Over the years, that 50 cents grew into five massive granite buildings covering 13 acres, capable of accommodating 2,000 orphans. He started a massive, ma massive orphanage. Through prayer alone, Mueller saw $7 million in giving. God always took care of him. They had food. They had everything they needed. Faith has nothing to do with the appearances. It's all about him just trusting God. Why is it that we'd rather trust in other things for security? We do it all the time rather than the Lord. It's because we put our faith in the wrong object. Many of us, brothers and sisters, love to trust ourselves. That we can figure out a way. Well, God, I can't do it. I, can't, I, I have to figure out how to get out of this mess that I'm in. Instead of just saying, God, I'm trusting you to get me out of the mess that I'm in. Put your faith in him.
So how does that work? When we talk about faith, how does it grow? How can we make our shield of faith larger and increase our faith? Here's some practical examples. Can't preach on faith without giving you some practical examples. Number one, you have to realize that faith starts to grow gradually. You don't obtain strong faith all at once, just like an infant doesn't become an adult all at once. It takes time. It takes proper nutrition. It takes spiritual exercise. Abraham is known for his faith. He's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. But in his early life, he lacked faith. If you remember, he didn't trust God. God had told him to go, go to Egypt. And he went into Egypt. And what did he do with Sarah, his wife? He was scared that somebody was going to kill him. Because she's, she was beautiful. So he told everybody what? That she was his sister. It's a lack of faith, right? Well, Abraham's known as a man of great faith. What well, grew gradually? It grew as he trusted the Lord more and more and more. It also grows scripturally. Faith comes from hearing what? The word of God. Faith is trust. How do you, how do you get to trust someone? How do you trust someone? You get to know them better and better and better. You become more acquainted with them. There's, there's people that I trust with everything in my life, that I would trust you to watch over my kids, that I would trust my family to go with you, that I would trust you. Gave you $1,000 and said, go put it in the bank for me. There, there are people, how do you gain trust with someone like that? You get to know them. You know who they are. You become acquainted with them. We know that about, we can do that with God too. The more and more we know our Lord, the more and more we know of his power, his wisdom, his justice, his love, his gentleness. We start learning about him more and more and more. Psalms 9, 9 through 10 says, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. As you grow in your relationship with Christ, as you're reading his word, and you're learning more and more about God, you know what starts to happen in your life? You start trusting him more and more. And you start turning over everything in your life to him. And you don't hold on to anything. That's faith. Your faith in God is growing and growing and growing. Here's the last thing, how faith grows. And this is the tough one. Faith grows through pain a lot of times. We see this in scripture. Paul was a great, great man of faith. He suffered and suffered and suffered for the Lord. He suffered for the Lord. A lot of times, those two go hand in hand. You know, when things are going well in your life, what do you usually trust in? Yourself. You start to think, I got this figured out. Man, I've got it going on. I know what's up. And then, when things get down here, and you don't have it going on, what do you do? you got to trust in the Lord. you got to put your trust in Him. So faith grows through pain. Now here's the deal. Life is sometimes like a big puzzle. We don't know. We are only seeing a couple of little pieces. Guess who has the whole picture? The Lord. God. He has the whole picture. We hold the shield of faith when we believe in Him for what we don't understand. We just keep trusting in him that he has it all figured out. For God causes all things, 
God will work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes, is what Romans says. It, it doesn't mean that we get to experience all the good, but God works it out for good. There may be things in your life you think, how in the world could God turn this for good? He does. It may not be in your lifetime. It reminds me of John uh, Stroop. We're going to have a freeway Sunday, and John's just a good friend of mine and a, a good friend of all of us here. And I talked to him this week, and uh, it, it reminds me of Dewey. He sends out a newsletter every month called the Dewey. You guys heard of that? And it's, a, it's an update on what Freeway Ministries is doing. And it's named after a guy, um, Dewey Houston, I believe is the guy's name. And when John was in prison, this guy would write inmates letters faithfully, sharing the gospel with them, sharing the truth with them. And, and guess how many people ever wrote Dewey back? Nobody. Nobody ever wrote him back, but he, ke he kept writing people. Well, John... John was the first guy to ever write Dewey back. When he got out of prison, he went and lived with Dewey for a while. And before Freeway got started, Dewey passed away. And he never got to see the fruit of what he had sown in and what he, the ministry, right, that, that that's become. He never got to see that. He never got to see that. But he was faithful and still doing it. He trusted in God that no matter, God, God had told him, write inmates, send them letters. Even though he never saw any of the fruit and, and probably got very discouraged by no one ever writing him back, he just kept being obedient. He just had faith. Our faith is not about our feelings. It's not about probabilities. It's not about appearance. Faith is rooted in fact. It will grow gradually, sometimes painfully. It grows by trusting in who God is, by trusting in his word that is truth. Grow our faith. What does David say? I believe. Help my unbelief. Grow our faith, Lord. Grow our faith. Here's my prayer today for you. Is that you've placed your faith and trust in Christ. All of us are trusting in something. Everybody's going to put their faith in something. Everybody. I love watching, I love watching uh, Ray Comforts. I've watched several of them this week. He's got some new ones out. How he witnesses the people at Huntington Beach, California. It's, it, it's some really neat videos if, if you have time to watch them. Um, but he shares the gospel. And you know, one thing I've learned after watching hundreds of those, hundreds of them, is that everybody puts their faith in something. Everybody does. Whether they say they're an atheist, atheists put their faith in something. They put their faith themselves in themselves. Muslims, they have faith in Muhammad. Mormons put their faith and trust in Joseph Smith. Jehovah Witnesses, they trust the Watchtower Society. Lots of people have faith in themselves, in their own goodness, that they're good enough to, be to go to heaven, that they can do enough to get to heaven. The object of our faith is very, very important. In fact, it's the most important thing. So if somebody ever tells you, well, I have faith, you ask them, in what? The object of our faith is important. If you have faith in anything else than the Lord Jesus Christ of this book, then you don't have saving faith. That's the only kind of faith you can have is faith in Christ. You know, I want to expound that real quick before I have the worship team come. I didn't have an issue this time, but there for years and years, every time I got my license renewed, I could not get my license renewed. I would go to 
license bureau and they'd say, no, you have, you have cases in Georgia and Iowa that have been unresolved. And I'm like, I've never been pulled over in Iowa and I've never been to Georgia. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And they say, well, you're, you're flagged in the system as Jeffrey Scott Mann, born in January of 1980. We're not giving you a new driver's license. And it was a bad deal. It came up to the time where my license was going to be renewed, and they would not give me a, a license. And I couldn't figure it out, so I had to do a whole bunch of investigating on what went wrong. Well, the state of Missouri, guess what they had? They had the wrong Jeffrey Scott Mann. So after paying to do internet searches and all this stuff, there's another Jeffrey Scott man out there that was born January of 1980 with a different social security number. And I get phone calls at my house every once in a while. You have a case that needs to be resolved. Are you Jeffrey Mann? Yes, I am. Can you give me, and I'll say, what's the last four of the social? And they give it to me, and I say, you got the wrong dude. Thank you, you know. But the state of Missouri had the wrong Jeff. Finally, they got it figured out and got it fixed. I had to literally go through a state senator to get them to get the system changed and fixed. Your pastor doesn't have warrants in Iowa and Georgia, okay? <laughs> but they had the wrong one, right? They had the wrong one. Listen to me. Here's how this ties in. There's a whole lot of people in our community that would tell you, oh yeah, I know Jesus. I have my faith in Jesus. That is not a good enough answer. You know why? Because if it's not the Jesus of this book, they have the wrong Jesus. I'll tell you the number one thing that I hear over and over is a made-up Jesus. It's a Jesus that's okay with their sin. It's a Jesus that's okay with their adultery. It's a Jesus that's okay with how they want to live their life. It's not the Jesus of this Bible. If you don't have the Jesus of this Bible, it's idolatry. It's making an idol. It's a false Jesus. And you know what that means? You're dead in your sins. The object of your faith is important. It's important. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. We're going to have an invitation. Here's, here's the message overall. Review. Faith is everything, brothers and sisters. It's saving. It's life-changing. And it protects you from Satan. If you don't have your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one of this book, then when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, many came to me and said, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. You know what that is? People that have their faith in the wrong Jesus. Not the Jesus of the Bible because he doesn't know them. The object of our faith is important. Here's the second thing we have an invitation this morning. We're about ready to take communion. And I always do this before we take communion. Because God says we should. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven through 30, this is what it says. It says, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That is why many of you have, are weak and ill and some have died. Here's the warning that's given here. We don't have a closed communion, so you don't have to be a member of our church to take uh, communion with us. Here's the warning, though. If you're not a publicly professed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't take communion this morning. You could become sick and ill or die. Okay, that's a warning. 
Also, it says, if you take it in an unworthy manner, what is that? If you're living in open sin and rebellion against God, and you've not confessed your sin to God, don't take communion this morning. Now, here's the thing, brothers and sisters. What happens when we confess our sin? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Do you have to confess your sin to a preacher or a priest? No, you take it to your high priest, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess your sin to God and say, Lord, I, I've, I've been living like this, and I, I'm not going to live like this anymore. Because I love you, and I want to honor you, and I'm confessing my sin to the Lord. Some of us may have hidden sins in our life that we need to confess to God. Do that before you take communion this morning, okay? I'm going to ask you to stand. If you need to come this morning, I'll pray with you. Um, I never, when somebody comes forward to pray, I want to say I don't, I don't ever go over to them because they may want to spend time between them and God alone. If you want me to pray with you, come up here. I'll be more than happy to. Let's pray uh, with one another uh, before we have our invitation. Lord Jesus, again, I thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you um, for this church. Lord, let us put our faith and trust in you and you alone. You're the only one that can save. The object of who we trust is very, very important. I pray this morning that there's nobody here that is trusting in me because I, Lord, am not good. I am just a hillbilly country boy that is forgiven. So, Lord, please have people not trust the preacher or the elders or anybody else, but only you because we fail, but you don't. Lord, I pray this morning if there's people here that need you, that have never, never believed in who you are, have never confessed that they're a sinner in need of a Savior, Lord, today is the day that they do that, that they trust in you. Lord, if we have sin in our life that we're hiding, Lord, I pray this morning we confess that to you. And in doing so, in all things, we glorify and honor you and who you are. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
this morning. I'm going to ask our elders to come. So, so I, I wanted to bring our, our elders and, and Carol up here this morning um, for reasons. I want you guys, I've sent this out. I want you guys to be praying about this. But I think people need to do this more, honestly. Um, the scripture says when you have a need, somebody's sick, to have the elders of the church pray over them. And I wish people would have us pray for you all more face to face. When you're sick and you're not good, and, and I, I, I wish we'd do that. Selena's mom is really not doing very good. We, she's just been sick and don't know what's going on, and she's stubborn like me, and I guess I get that from my mother-in-law, and she doesn't want to go to the doctor. And she, So just pray for her. That's what I had uh, them come this morning so we can share with you guys. Keep praying for Selena's mom, and um, yeah, so I appreciate that. So communion's a huge thing, guys. It's a, it's a very important thing. Uh, we don't require you, like I said, to be a member uh, here at Crossbridge, just so you've made a public profession of faith uh, in him. Communion is in Scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 26, Lord's Supper. Jesus gathered with his disciples to celebrate the Passover meal. So they're celebrating uh, the Passover. And it says in verse 26, As they were eating, Jesus took bread. And after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So not only do we look back, at the death of our Lord Jesus Christ for us, that he went to the cross for us and our sins were put on him. It's also a time that we should absolutely be looking forward to his return and anticipating his return. Be watching for his return and be sharing the gospel with everybody that we can because his return could be imminent. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be 100 years from now. We just don't know. Uh, but it's a time that we think back. And so this is a very, very important time. Uh, it's one of the two ordinances of a local church, communion and baptism. And so it's a, a very, very important time. So before we pass this out, we will take it together. Um, and and uh, so while we're passing it out, spend time. Just spend a few, few minutes thanking the Lord for what he did. Make it personal in your life. Thanking the Lord for what he did for you on the cross. That, that cup that he took had your sins in it and my sins in it. So remember that. So I'm going to ask uh, Alan Greenfield uh, this morning if you would please bless the bread today. Our holy heavenly father, as we, we come to this time of remembrance of what you did for us on that cross that day, Father, help us remember that this bread represents the pain, the, the stripes, uh, the brokenness of your body, and help us to never forget. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.
Jesus said, this is my body which is given for you. Take ye and eat. He took the cup and he gave thanks. I'm going to ask Max if you would this morning bless the cup, please. Dear Father in heaven, we just thank you and we love you. And as we remember the supreme sacrifice that you paid and shed your blood on the cross to save us all from our sin. It's in your name I pray. Amen. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for, for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take ye and drink. Scripture says they went out rejoicing and singing. So this should be a joyous time. As we stand uh, in song, I want to do one thing before we sing. Andrew, come on up here. Even more a joyous uh, time. So when somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to be baptized I got questions about salvation that automatically uh, gets them a meeting in my office. And, uh, he, uh, and I ask them, I, I say, share the gospel with me. Tell me about how someone's saved. Because in order to be saved, you have to have an understanding of what the gospel is, right? And so uh, he, he does that. He's professed Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And we're going to baptize him, uh, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after, so October so, do you have anything you want to say real quick? No? Look, I know it's a struggle every single day. I still fight with it, you know, but as long as you accept the Lord, man, he's got you no matter what. I promise you that. So, at the close, after we get done singing, I give him a hand. At the close, come around and congratulate him. We close in song. So, Ace, would you please lead us in song?
Show. 